And welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is Live Till 5, episode 262 on this Friday, April 27th. Glad to have you with us today. Sunny afternoon. Just wrapped up a little bit of our staff in-service training here at Harvest. Looking forward to a nice weekend. By the way, congratulations to Z for passing his driving test. That's all I'm going to say about it. Glad to have you with us today. Maybe you're listening in your car as you're driving about today on 88.1 FM. Good to have you tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to our live local talk and variety program here at KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. We appreciate you making us part of your afternoon. We hope to entertain you a little bit and edify you, build you up in your Christian walk, encourage you, inform you, educate you as well as many other things. So hopefully you put a smile on your face. By the way, if you ever miss part of the show, you can tune in on Saturdays from noon to two or Sunday nights from seven to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety. Saturdays, noon to two, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. You can also download the podcast or our website, khmg.org, khmg.org, where you can download the podcast of this show and many other great programs we produce right here, locally in the studios of KHMG Harvest Family Radio. You can also let us know you're listening through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Find us on Facebook. Give us a little thumbs up. Let us know you're listening. Follow us. Then you get updates anytime we add something new to social media, which is almost daily, including links to podcasts and other things that we're doing here. Today is going to be a fun day on the show. Our topic today is radio and radios. So you might learn something today. For all of you homeschoolers, this counts as science class today. 
I'm just kidding. Ask your mom about that. But we are glad that you're with us today. We are going to talk about radios and some different interesting things about radios. But it is the month of April. We're coming to the end of April, April 27th. And because it is April, I wanted to mention some of the observances that happen in this month of April. You know, we are able to get this list from Bob Shuck. Bob the Librarian helps us with this list, and it's really a blessing. He gives me this every month. He gets this through one of his library contacts. So let's see what's happening in the month of April. Right here. Here we go. National Landscape Architecture Month. Minority Health. Multiple Birth Awareness. So all you twins out there, this is your month. Occupational Therapy. Parkinson's Awareness. National Pecan or Pecan Month, Pest Management, First Aid Awareness, National Poetry Month, National Rebuilding Month, Safe Digging Month. You know, that's for like if you're going to be putting a water line across your yard or something like that, you want to make sure you get the power company and the phone company to come out and make sure there's no lines underground so you don't hurt yourself. Uh, let's see here. Schrogren's Syndrome Awareness Month, National Social Security Month, Soft Pretzel Month. Not my favorite snack, by the way. Uh, Soy Foods Month, Welding Month, Youth Sports Safety, Occupational Therapy, Parliamentary Law, Pharmacist War on Diabetes, Physical Wellness, Prevention of Lyme Disease in Dogs Month. We don't have that here on Guam. Animal Cruelty Prevention Month. Rosacea Awareness, School Library Media Month, Sports Eye Safety Awareness Month, Straw Hat Month, Stress Awareness Month, Tomatillo and Asian Pear Month. I love tomatillos and I love Asian pears. What a great month. Women's Eye Health and Safety, Workplace Conflict Awareness, World Habitat Awareness, and Worldwide Bereaved Spouses Awareness Month. Those are all different observances that are happening this month. And then in this last week of April, a few observances here, not, not a lot. International Mariachi Week. Sounds like a fun celebratory week. Uh, Fiddler's Frolic starts today, yesterday. Gathering of the Nations Pow Wow, 26th through 28th. I think we covered this before. This is the Nations of peoples in canada i believe uh, let's see interstate mullet toss not sure what that is uh global youth services day starts today small business week starts this weekend on sunday and uh digital detox week or go screen free week from the 30th through the 6th of may hard to believe it's almost may wow next radio show it will be the month of may already people it's going by quick. What daily observances? Well, today is Arbor Day. Seems like when I was a kid, Arbor Day was a bigger deal. I'm not sure if it's because of the region I lived in. I lived in more of a the agricultural heart of America, but Arbor Day. Don't talk much about that anymore. Babe Ruth Day. Day of Dialogue. Free Feral Cat Spay Day. Hairball Awareness Day. That kind of goes with the cat thing, I think. Uh... Morse Code Day, National Prime Rib Day, Stop Food Waste Day, Tell a Story Day, Undiagnosed Children's Awareness Day, and Woody Woodpecker Day. The 28th, tomorrow. Uh, let's see here. Eeyore's Birthday, for example. Great Poetry Reading Day. Healthy Kids Day. 
Independent Bookstore Day, Sculpture Day, Tabletop Day, Kiss Your Mate Day, Blueberry Pie Day, Bravehearts Day, Dance Day, Go Birding Day, Kiss of Hope Day, Pool Opening Day, Preparathon Day, Prescription Drug Take Back Day, uh, let's see here, Sense of Smell, Superhero, Pay It Forward, Save the Frogs, Workers Memorial, World Day of Safety and Health at Work, World Healing, and World Veterinary Day. Those are all tomorrow, the 28th, 29th. Bulldogs are Beautiful Day. Uh, let's see, Chemical Warfare Victims Day, mm, Father Deaf Day, National Pet Parents Day, Shrimp Scampi Day. I remember that was a big deal at Red Lobster when I was a kid. Shrimp Scampi. That's like what the grown-ups would order. Well, let's see what else here. Zipper Day is the 29th. The 30th, Bugs Bunny Day. Confederate Memorial Day in the state of Mississippi. Uh, Honesty Day. International Jazz. Adopt a Shelter Pet Day is the 30th as well. Animal Advocacy. Military Brats Day. Raisin Day. On And that's it. That's all the observances for the month of April. Now, I want to talk about just one thing. Uh, maybe to you it's not a big deal. Some of you are like me. You like to find a good YouTube channel to describe to, to subscribe to. Uh, just, you know, one that, that you can just kind of watch in the background. Sometimes it's entertaining or newsworthy. Sometimes it's one of those short infographic type stories and it gives you some good information. And obviously you got to take it all with a grain of salt because can you independently verify what they've said and things like that. But there's this one YouTube channel that everything I've seen so far, I'm, I, I guess I'm going out on a limb here by recommending something. I haven't seen every single episode, but I think it's pretty safe. Primitive technology. Okay, it's called Primitive Technology. They have 7.7 million subscribers. First thing I like about it, no talking. No talking. No music even. Second, it's one dude. One dude in the woods. I believe he's in New Zealand or Australia somewhere. And he just builds things with sticks and mud and rocks and that's it. I mean, leaves or branches sometimes. But he he will make all kinds of crazy things. Right now in the background, I'm watching him build a round hut. I don't think I'll ever need a round hut my whole life. I didn't even know what a round hut was. Um, usually, I would just go buy a $90 pop-up tent, uh, which would take me about the time, the length of this video to, to uh, put together, right? It just pops up. But as some of you know, and I have uh, LB is, is uh, messaging me right now. She is a fan of primitive technology. Way to go. I think it makes us smarter, don't you, LB? And these things, they are addictive. You're right. These videos, it's just amazing that he can do all this with sticks, dirt, and, and uh, rocks. He's building a round hut. Now I want to go back over to Teedson where I live and build a round hut in the backyard. So if I don't make it Sunday, it's because I'm halfway into my round hut project. But he has other things here as well. Now this round hut video, before, of course, me promoting it on Live Till 5, because the numbers will shoot way up after this. But he's already at 3.8 million views of this one video with no talking, no music, one person, dirt, Rocks and sticks. 
That's the whole premise. Oh, and water, of course, which he does all these crazy things with. Um, I'm gonna. I want to build a round hut in my backyard. Who's with me? Uh, and it, it's it's not just this. So this is 3.8 million views, or probably you know 3.8 million views after I promote this as well. But uh, there's also primitive survival skills build underground house. Uh, that's 10 million views. Here's one. Primitive technology, tiled roof hut. I watched this one. This is my favorite one. It's only 14 minutes long. If you're trying to line up something to do this weekend, go to the Primitive Technology YouTube page. Look up tiled roof hut. 49 million people agree with me that it's an awesome video to watch. It's really good if you're having kind of a sleepy, rainy Sunday afternoon because you can get about 90% into it and then you doze off. And you don't have to worry about being rudely or abruptly awakened by the next video being having talking or anything like that because it'll go straight on to the primitive technology hobbit house uh mini underground swimming pool uh water filter tank this is one of the few times you'll see him use anything that's not just leaves and sticks he makes mud bricks 22 million people have viewed him making mud bricks uh cooking meat on a rock who would have thought 5.2 million people would want to watch that? But this guy, he gets the views. This is a contagious, informative, interesting YouTube channel, and I highly recommend it. Primitive Technology, 7.7 million subscribers. This uh, Primitive Technology Round Hut video has only been out a little while, 3.8 million views, and it's totally, totally worthwhile, totally. And it's one of those things you can recommend to your friends and no one's going to like get offended or anything. So anyway, hey, we're going to take a short break. We have a little Harvest Highlights coming up. It is 3.19 p.m. on this Friday, April 27th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is Live Till 5. Again, you can catch us Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety. So catch us on the rebound there. Or download the podcast through our website, khmg.org. That's khmg.org podcast of this show and many other great shows i'm jared baldwin your host episode 262 we'll be right back after harvest highlights back with a little more live till five i'm jared baldwin your host episode 262 on this friday april 27th here at the khmg studios glad to have you with us today on live till five we have some treats we're we're going to what we're going to do is we're going to accelerate the schedule for our program because we just had some warm treats delivered to the studio and uh i'm going to put joe and sebastian on here as we describe just how wonderful these treats are we had some drinks delivered from the hub a little earlier and then we just had a warm delectable treat delivered from the hub as well just now in a little brown paper bag so we're going to hand out some drinks here and play a little what's in my coffee and then we're also going to uh talk about how much these these little treats mean to us because um 
It's just a blessing to have our friends down at the hub. They take good care of us. Ooh, they they cut it in quarters even. So wow, it's still warm. They they brought us some bagels with some Nutella, and Nutella is made out of hazelnut, of course, and uh, it's got addictive properties. And it's healthy. Pe- people that are Nutella fans, they just love Nutella. It's like their favorite thing on the planet. Hey. Could you uh, lather up some Nutella on that for me? I don't mind if your fingers touch it. It's fine. Okay. So we're going to hand out some drinks here as well. I'm going to take this uh, dark brown drink here, and uh, we'll let Sebastian. Joe, as you look at these drinks over here, is there one that uh, tickles your fancy, as we say? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with any. How about that middle one? The middle middle one. one? This one. The the kind of fleshy colored one here. It's passion fruit. Yeah. Oh. It, it could be if it is. Do you want more? I can't complain. No, no this is good? great. That's this good. is great. Thank you very much. Ooh, look who's here just in time. Lawrence, let me make for some delectable treats. Yeah, Joe's here actually serving us. That's why we invite him delectable. up. Delectable. Uh, they're delectable treats. Let me uh, bring Lawrence up here. Lawrence, you all done with the in-service training? Yeah, we're good to go. Great. I like how you said, "Look who's here," and uh, it's, it's on the tough radio. to do. Yeah. Well, you know, we want we we're just trying to keep people engaged in the the yeah. theater of the mind. Their their mind's eye, so we, yeah we warm. were yeah. yeah I know we they have more over here yeah Jeremy oh, just a, delivered we're in a bagel these. factory yes do you so, want another one another quarter will be good yeah yeah another another yeah. quarter bagel so another quarter bagel well we 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 need to just go ahead and recognize well, that this segment's brought to us by the hub I'm so confused. Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore the best little coffee shop on Guam offering an endless variety of coffees teas baked goods a few gifts and some Eagle apparel. Friendly service, free Wi-Fi, some bottled water, and some occasional LaCroix. And uh, I like it a lot. Not necessarily LaCroix, but the hub. I go there every day, multiple times a day. All my best friends go there. And just some of the nicest people on the planet work there. So why would you not go there if you're here at Harvest between 7.30 a.m. and 4 p.m.? Plus, ever since the earliest, the absolute earliest days of this show... They've been delivering drinks to us. As part of our show, we, in turn, describe the drinks and the treats back to the listening audience so that you can go by the hub and get some of the same treats and and enjoy the same treats. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little drink. He's got one right here. So you can take that one. There's two. Oh, yeah. That one's, uh, if Ray's comes back, we'll have him jump in with us. Chris is out, not feeling well today. He might be listening at home, feeling even worse after he's heard a couple <laughs> of the things I've done so far. But, uh, yeah, so I, I'll start with the, the drink here. So I'm drinking an ice drink. It's dark, like a dark tea. It's mm-hmm. got a little flavor to it. Um, has like a, a little bit of a citrusy flavor to it. Uh, I'm thinking it might be a mango or calamansi tea. I'm going to go with calamansi um, with maybe a, just like a black brewed tea, like a China Mist or Shangri-La tea with a little calamansi splash in there. Hmm. Iced, very thirst quenching, which is important. You need your thirsts quenched. So, uh, Lawrence, you've got you've already taken the lid off yours and just you're going to town on that. Well, drink. I was frantically searching for a straw, and and. Oh. There you go. Came up there with you that go. One. We found oh. one. We found one for you. There Wonderful. you go. Let me put my lid back on here. But anyways, I have had a, a solid two, three gulps of my mm-hmm. drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did and, that wash uh, down your quarter bagel? It did. My quarter bagel was schmear. Mm. Uh, pretty a good. Schmear of a schmear of Nutella. Is that what it is? Nutella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This mm. is a new special down there. So good. 
four bucks. Really? Take Comes my money. Nutella? Take my money. For a I don't care bagel, that you can bucks? buy no whole bagel, oh, whole bagel. with Nutella. Okay. okay, good. They give you about seven dollars worth of Nutella in that yeah, little tub. Yeah, they do. Unless you shop at <laughs> Costa Less, it's six fifty. Mm, mm. um, no advertisements here. But anyways, um, back to my drink. Back uh-huh. to the, the thing we were here for. Uh, I believe it's just a regular calamansi. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah, it is. Sometimes there, less there's is nothing. More. There's nothing special. I was drinking the top. Where the ice had melted and it was a little weak, so I just got some out of the straw, yes. which is down in the. For those of you from Missouri, the straw is the same word as straw. Straw mm. from the straw, and it's straw. just a richer calamansi flavor. Nothing extra down there at the bottom. So, go to the hub and feel rich as you drink their yeah. drinks. Yeah, it's just a rich. Mm. Unless you pay four dollars for too many Nutella bagels. You won't be as rich, mm. but you'll be happy. But you will be happy and comforted. Sebastian, your drink is very similarly colored to mine. What does it taste like? It is not sweet tea. It's the first thing I thought of when mm-hmm. I saw it because mm-hmm. it looked like sweet tea. But it's kind of just, I think it's like chamomile. Chamomile? Tea. Really? Really? Wow. Uh, iced chamomile. Okay. Maybe. I don't okay. know all my teas. I've had chamomile. Maybe they knew really that you it. needed a calming some kind of calming effect in your life. Yeah. It's probably a good thing Chris isn't here as we're getting Nutella all over his equipment. No and kidding. Sorry, Chris. He might come out of his sick bed <laughs> just to come up and check and see if... The microphone will smell so good, though. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, so it's pretty, iced chamomile tea. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a splash of something in there, like maybe mango, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not tasting it too much. Okay. It might just be a faint. You just feel okay. it's there. All right. No problem. Yeah. Joe, yours is the most uniquely colored of all yes, the drinks. It's uh, like a peach type color. Unappetizing okay. okay. color. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a fleshy, fleshy oh, color. Oh. I'm really bad at guessing. Um, it's, uh, it's. I mean, I, I hate to say, I won't say it. It just it it's definitely a, a unique I, it peachy good. color. I it's mean, a it peachy color. Really good. I Obviously, guess. maybe a, is it carbonated? Yeah. Do you think it's carbonated? Okay, okay. Um, it's mind over good. matter with that drink for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. We don't go in and say what's your prettiest colored drink. You go in and say what tastes good in my mouth, and then you take that, and who cares what it looks like? Exactly. Not mango. No. No. Do they do peach down there? They peach do. Flavor? They Maybe do. Maybe it's that. Could be a peach fruit I bet splash. It could maybe? be a peach calamansi cooler. Maybe with yeah. a little Lacroix in it. Maybe they've been being they've been tricky like that lately. Mm-hmm. They kind of keep sneaking in Lacroix. A little something. They might have got a good deal on those or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's find out. Uh, let's see here. I have number one. Uh, let's see. Okay. Well, they did. Uh, they sealed this thing up like a Academy Award here. Okay. Uh, no way. Uh, it's a passion fruit iced tea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, for those of you who've been listening the last couple of weeks, it's just something about saying, you know, that word, that fruit. I just, I don't know. There's nothing, I don't want to be weird about it. It's just kind of passion fruit. It's like passion fruit. You know, it's, I don't want, I don't want the fellas to think that that's my favorite flavor. You know, uh, give, give me, give me, you know, uh, Kiwi. Bruised apple or something yeah. like that, but passion fruit just sounds kind of, I don't know. It's 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 great. The thing is, it tastes awesome. Passion fruit iced tea. If they change the name you to something like else, more. yeah, to like 
dude tea or something like that or a man drink, I'll get it. But if it's passion fruit iced tea, I'm going to have a hard time. Maybe if they put a number next to it and say, oh, I'll take number 13. That's what I'll do. So uh, it's a passion fruit iced tea, by the way. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Number two is Joe. He has mango peach pineapple fruit splash hey okay. so that's why so it, was it was a little mango. yeah it has a little mango a little peach which you asked if they had peach mm-hmm. and a little pineapple which has that super sweetness to it yeah it's very good so wow jared is, is your is your headphones having a good uh, are you can are, you guys hear well no but ours are all fuzzy and are they i don't know kinda, if it's your microphone sometimes you just gotta whack or, the equipment a yeah it times, is a uh, working is yours, do is yours not doing that no mine is not doing that oh. but i know sometimes your guys's does and so, can you guys hear any better if I do that right there? It's, it's real crackly. Really? Man, how about if I bang it like that? It's just your mic, though. Just mine, my mic. Mine comes through real clear. Really? Oh, yeah, it's your maybe, voice. Maybe that'll help isolate the mine? problem. Oh, the no, future. it's not. Now it's your voice. Exactly. So, never mind. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, hey, you know what? We're just troubleshooting on the air. That's, that's the beauty the of live radio. Right there. We've had some uh, fun <laughs> live radio things happen today already. Just took my headphones uh, that off. That we'll never tell Chris about. So yeah. we've already had we had something happen before this hour began. He's definitely getting in his car right now. He was asleep. Yeah, well, it was definitely in his car driving. You know, now. sometimes he, he, you just have a miraculous recovery when you know that everything <laughs> that you've worked so hard for is going <laughs> to fall apart. Um, okay, uh, I'm number three. <laughs> you have number three, and you know you have just a straight up calamansi drink whisperer. Uh, he just knows he knows his uh, hub drinks. <laughs> He's done this before. And number four, Sebastian mango iced tea. Oh. You were really close, Mango iced tea. except for it's not well, it was, almost chamomile. It's well, you, you, you. It was a tea. I knew that. Yeah, the mouthfeel had this fragrant uh, floral, <laughs> yeah. floral. Exactly. Yes. Okay. All right. Great. Well, thanks to Jeremy and the baristas at the hub. They are awesome. We appreciate them providing these things. And there's still 24 minutes. If you're listening to the radio, right? Oh no. They're already closed because of insurance. Day. <laughs> yeah. Monday, 7:30 a.m. Be there. Get a Nutella bagel mm-hmm. and then get uh one of these drinks even a passion fruit iced tea i can say it hey i'm proud i, I like the passion fruit iced tea you know what i just discovered i i like passion fruit mm. you did yep now i'm gonna get it in everything i'm gonna see if they have a passion fruit coffee drink Ooh. <laughs> that'd be tasty that sounds interesting yeah so now uh joe can you stick around for a quiz or do you have to go to a very important appointment I can stick around. Okay, yeah. all right. Let's so this this is what we're going to do. We're not going to take a break. We're going to go straight into Sebastian's quiz because this guy, he's had the weight of the station on his shoulders, and yet he still had time <laughs> to write up this quiz. And this week's topic course is on radio, so I'm very curious to see <laughs> what in the world is Sebastian's quiz about. And it's going to be hard to top last week's amazing quiz. Yeah. I know. The so Sebastian, one. what's our quiz? Well, this quiz is called a frequent quiz. Because it's frequent, and there's frequencies. frequencies. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I, I know. Gotcha. I got gotcha. a good one, right? Yeah, it's okay. uh, yeah, it's something. All right. Well, someone just, here has give you a hard time since Chris isn't here, and Chris is what we discovered six months ago. The word nonplussed, where nothing impresses him, he's not moved by anything. So anytime you say something corny, he just kind of rolls his eyes and then you know throws it back at you. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> One of us has to take on that role, Chris's role, while he's gone. Thanks. Thank you for... Okay. All right. The normal. Yeah, we don't want you to get a big head. We want to keep you humble. Thanks. All right. Well, just the normal, you know, uh, multiple choice. We'll start with Joe and then Jared and then Lawrence. So here we go. Hope you're ready for this. And I'm ready. Chris isn't listening and ready to to pounce over here with like 
Because he knows more about radio than I do. So he knows like, everything about radio, yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I come in a distant second. <laughs> All right. Although there are a few exceptions, a radio station with call letters beginning with W indicates what? It is a country and western station. It is an AM station. It was originally licensed in a state east of the Mississippi. Or it has 50,000 watts of broadcasting power. East of the Mississippi? East of the Mississippi. That's my was that your answer? Yeah, oh, you said it with a question mark. You said it with a question mark. East of the Mississippi? Can you repeat that? Is it my turn? Yeah, that's my uh, guess. I would say East of the Mississippi as well. Really? Yeah, like mm. WBGH Boston, WKRP. I guess, yeah, now that I think about it, where I grew up was east of the Mississippi. So, but I'm going to actually go with an AM station uh, just for fun. Well, just to Lawrence, get points. you're a nice guy, yes, because it is actually uh, something licensed east of the Mississippi. Stations licensed west of the Mississippi usually begin with K. That's true. This rule also applies yep. to TV stations. Yep. KHMG, wow, yep. what? Yep. We're pretty far... West. Far west of the Mississippi, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> All right. Question number two. What does the KHZ legend on the AM dial mean? So like on the radio mm. dial, there's a little okay. Yeah, at the yep. very yep. end of it. Yeah. Um, does it mean ohms, kilohertz, mono sound, or amperes? Amperes? Sure. Yeah. The second one. Like I said. Kilohertz. I yeah, kilohertz. Yeah. Kilohertz. Yeah, I'll agree with them on this one. Good job, guys. Y'all get points, and therefore none get points. The AM stations broadcast in kilohertz, while FM stations broadcast in megahertz. Question number three. What does it mean if a radio station is clear channel? It has at least 50,000 watts. It broadcasts in stereo. It has the strongest signal in the area, or it is the only station in the country to broadcast at that frequency. What does it mean if a radio station is clear channel? Mm-hmm. I've heard this advertised on stations as I'm driving across the United States, so I've heard it, and they'll say, a clear channel station. Sorry, can you give those again, the four? Uh, it has at least 50,000 watts, broadcasts in stereo, the strongest signal in the area, or the only station in the country to broadcast at that frequency. I mean, that would be like satellite, right? Last choice? Sure, I'm going to guess the last choice. D. I'm going to say at least 50,000. 50,000. Yeah. Just thinking out loud here, things share frequencies all the time across the country, uh, that is. And then C was the only, the clearest channel. I don't think you could ever objectively say that, depending on where you're at. Leaves the first two, so I think I'll agree with Jared again. I was safe the last question. All right, fifty thousand. Joe gets the point. Really? It is the yeah. Clear channel meant that there was no other broadcast allowed at that frequency within a certain range. Oh, usually seven hundred to a thousand miles. Wow. But what was what was your your answer though? It is the only station in the country to broadcast at that frequency. Oh, that was what. That's why within a thousand miles. But that's. So you could have one basically in L.A. and one in New York, possibly, that wouldn't overlap yeah. there. Mm. But, I mean, it, yeah. just about anywhere, if it was, That's what I was not say, on the coast, it would a 1,000 miles each way. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's what threw me off. Is I was like, yeah, hey, it's okay. Yeah, it Joe deserves here. Joe deserves a little Joe's up a little joy in his life. One. A little, a little, <laughs> you know, hey, a little joy in life. Let yeah. the guy yeah. win for a change. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. There you Good. go. The first commercial <laughs> prepare to be crushed <laughs> was for this product: cars, toothpaste, real estate, or furniture. The first commercial aired on radio. Cars, Cars, toothpaste, toothpaste. real estate, or furniture. What was it used for? Furniture. Furniture. Hmm. Hmm. I think it might have predated cars and tooth powder. So I think I th- I would say I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say real estate. Real. I'm gonna go out on an isthmus uh, in the fjord and say real estate. See what I did there? I used what would have been a limb, but in a real estate term. Get it for those of you Scandinavian real estate agents. Huh. I digress. I-, I would say real estate. Are you? I'll go toothpaste. Toothy paste. Good job, Jared. Really? Real estate. Wow. The ad was for Hawthorne Court in Jackson Heights, New York in 1921. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, wow. It took all the way to the 1920s to advertise on radio. Wow. I thought, like, when was radio first invented? Like, when did that? In the 1800s. That's what I thought. Marconi. How many miles is it there, Lawrence, Uh, by the way? It's 2,700 miles. So you could possibly have two stations at the same. You could have many. 2,700 yeah. Is it a thousand each way, or is it a, like you're in the middle and it's five hundred each direction? I don't know. That's the question, because that would affect the theory. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'll take that point. All right. Let me see if I can crush Joe before he. <laughs> I don't want him to walk out of here feeling too good. I mean, start out feeling good and then crush my spirits. crush you. The term broadcasting comes from which industry? Steel, shipping, agriculture, or railroad? Where does the term broadcasting come from? Steel. Steel. Broadcasting. Hmm. Because you cast things in steel. It's like a foundry. Broadcasting. Joe, I wasn't going to agree with you, but I'm going to agree with you. (laughs) I would say steel as well. I'm going to go with agriculture just to give him points. Well, it could be like sowing seeds. Yeah. Well, Lawrence, you got the point. Yeah, like sowing, like as in broadcasting out. seeds on plowed ground. Wow. There you go. That's well, what I get. Wow, wow. Last question. That's my first here. point. It, Good. You could tie it, and everyone ties, or Whoa. Joe and Jared could win. Whoa. Or Jared, yeah. Okay, here we go. FM stands for faulty mediation, <laughs> frequency modulation, farther modulation. Or frequent modification. Frequency. That's my my guess. Okay. F- uh, frequency modulation. Yeah, it's a bummer. I'm going to go with that answer, too. <laughs> Good job, guys. You all got it right. There you go. We're all winners. You know mostly. what we are because we learned something about radio today. And since radio is really all of our side jobs, it's good for us to know our industry. 
Joe, thanks for stepping in. You did a great job today. And uh, hope you enjoyed that Nutella. Would you get another Nutella bagel? Oh, yeah. I love bagels. Yes, that's tasty. Bagels are good. Yes, I do. Just by themselves. You like it with Nutella as well? Mm -hmm. Hey, good job, Hub. Jeremy, great creativity. Thank you for the good service. Listeners, stick around. We have a little more live till five, including this day in history and some stranger than fiction. And then our topic of the day, radios. Hello to all those that are submitting content as well. Troy and Helen, Marty, and other people out there. KC, Patty, all you folks, thank you for uh, tuning in. LB, really appreciate all the help and uh, appreciate Joe and Sebastian and Lawrence taking their Friday afternoon to hang out with us on the radio. Listeners, stick around a little more live till five after this short break. With a little more live till five, I'm your host Jared Baldwin. Episode 262 at 3:49 p.m. on this Friday, April 27th. Glad to have you with us today. Lawrence is still here with me. Sebastian will be back in the second hour. Lawrence is going to share some this day in history with us here in a second. But first, I want to talk about colors because you know guys don't just get to have opportunity to sit around and talk about colors that much. <laughs> um, true desire, you know. But I looked up this uh, colorfully bear website. They have a great Pinterest page, by the way, Lawrence. Um, Deciphering Undertones Part 2. This is this is very important. Tan, taupe, or beige. This came up because today in in-service, my wife made comment that it must be tan pants day because she looked around and almost everyone that was going to be speaking was wearing tan pants. What color are your pants there, Lawrence? Tan. There you go. Yep. I have tan. John McGrew had tan. Pastor Heron had tan. had tan. Your dad had tan. Uh, Cliff with, did too. And Cliff had. Yes. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It was Tan Pants Day, yet they were so different. John McGrew had a pair of His are dark. Vans brand tan, but they're not the same color as my Gap brand tan. So what's the difference? Tan, taupe, or beige? Here you go. It has to do with the undertones, okay? So I have a little breakdown here. Uh, if basically browns with red undertones produce colors... In the hot or milk chocolate range, they feel warm and cozy. Hmm. Browns with orange undertones are the colors we associate with the term beige and are also in both interior and exteriors. John McGrew's pants were in the beige category. Yeah. They had orange undertones for sure. For sure. Uh, Browns with yellow undertones constitute tan shades. That's what you and I have right now. We're definitely tan. Tan men. Uh, and uh, warm and beachy, by far the most popular choice among neutrals. Browns with green undertones are regarded a variation of olive or khaki. That's very interesting. So khaki actually has a hint of green to Greenish. it. A little bit different than than uh, what we probably call khaki. But I think, uh, I, I, mean, I don't know if it's Dockers or who... But they rolled out in a whole line where khaki is almost they call a description khakis. of a pants. Right. Yes, they, not a they, color they co-opted the name into a type of pant instead of a color of pant. Browns with blue undertones. Do you know what that's called, Lawrence? Browns with blue undertones? 
No. Taupe. Oh. Taupe. I never thought about I that being a... It because it's kind of a grayish blue, but it really starts with a, with a brown. So it's a brown with a, yeah, a, a blue undertone. Now. Browns with purple undertones are mostly called mauve. Yep. Makes sense. And browns with black undertones uh, mixed up like gray, those also can become taupe. Okay, so... I gave Lawrence a color sheet here from the Pantone uh, color wheel with all different colors of the brown family here. Yeah. If you were to pick your favorite color on this sheet, um, what what would you say would be your, your one or two favorite colors on this sheet? I mean, because guys don't just get to sit around and talk about their favorite colors very much uh, anymore. On this sheet? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably in the second column. Okay. Between the cheddar and the cheese and the sienna or whatever. Chenna? The, Chenna is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Right in there. Okay. That, that, that's pleasing to me. Everything else gets a little washed out. Like chicken thighs, I don't like that color. Um, I, they did a lot of chicken cup. Yeah, they did. They have chicken they sausage. Did. Chicken, chicken sausage is the darkest. Chicken drumstick. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, kind of between. Those whole last two things are, are all, all chicken, chicken flavors. And then you get down to the bottom and it's chickpeas. <laughs> well, you know, hey. Uh, I'm kind of in the, I like the uh, chicken tenders color, which is kind of in the middle of the dark brown. Sure. Or I could move up to the Cheshire blue or Chermoula. I like those. Yeah, um, those are good. Those are you're, you're more in the uh, reddish undertones, in the beige, the more orange. beige. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm more in the the tan taupe. to taupe. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's right. For sure. Well, I haven't know. even heard. Oh, they do have just chicken. Yeah, just There's a just chicken color. Chicken. It's, just, it's just chicken, plain Which, old that chicken. That must be cooked chicken because yep. that's really dark. The Okay, so least favorite color on here. What, what would you say? Um, probably the Charentius melon. Okay. Or the chicken breast. Okay. I don't yeah. like how washed out those yeah, are. Yeah, that is kind of... It does... It, it doesn't just look like chicken breast. It looks like chicken breast has been left out on the counter, but yeah. not cooked for hours. Yeah, that's got, a, it's like that's that got that raw, an extra skin on it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. I don't like the um, the uh, Chateaubriand or the Charisse. Those are the two I don't like. They're oh, kind of reddish yeah, brown. Yeah, that's too red. Too red. I mean, you know, come on. Either be red or be brown, but yeah, you cannot. you cannot have your... Chateaubriand and drink it too. Mm-mm, nope. You just can't. Can't do it. Anyway, so hey, a couple guys on the air talking about favorite colors, eating some Nutella, sipping on some delectable drinks from the hub they are on pretty Friday good. afternoon. This is what you call high quality radio right here. Some of the best. Our, our listeners are just like, wow. <laughs> When's the rebroadcast again? Oh, to be them. <laughs> you guys are so lucky. Okay, well... um, Back to the the meat of the show. Let's talk a little bit about what happened this day in history. It is April 27th, and I'm certain some pretty wow. amazing things have happened this day in history. Like As things that, that would be really hard to just accidentally skip over because they're just so important. So, so big. What, what things have happened this day in history? Uh, 509, Pope Julius II, uh, also known as the Warrior Pope, uh, excommunicates the alien state of Venice. Um, I didn't, I guess, uh, they could do that. I, I thought this is just me thinking here as of my history. I thought they could put under, put a, a area under interdict, um, which is anybody from there mm-hmm. is, is can't around be the part time of the, of the Medici's and things like that. This is, it like would have been, okay. it would have been, it would have probably been when Florence and Venice and other places are getting a bit. They were like vassal states, uh, they, really. They were, yeah. They were starting to have some ideas that 
the fine arts and the and the arts were were valued mm-hmm. and and um but that'd be in the 1500s so i didn't know i thought you excommunicated people but you put a place under interdict so hmm. i don't know um they got boxed out one way or the other either venice. way venice was in trouble um 1667 um you want to know what? I, I think that was in 1509. I said 509. Okay, 1509. My, yeah. my phone gotcha. is a little bit zoomed in, and That's I okay. can't get it to zoom out. But anyways, we'll move on. Blind and impoverished, John Milton sells the copyright of Paradise Lost for 10 pounds. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, I don't know why I would know it in the first place, because a lit teacher probably would, um, because Paradise Lost is still a book that's discussed. Um in classes. Yeah, a lot of artwork has been based on his description of heaven and hell. Not and to compare like it to yeah. Jacob and Esau, but that's no. almost, I mean, Paradise Lost is a very famous book to yeah. sell your copyright to it for 10 basically yeah. $20. In but he was blind money. and impoverished. He was, both of which aren't going to get you very far in no. life. No. So might as well take the 10 bucks. Uh, 1810, Beethoven composes his famous piano piece, Fur Elise. And uh, I learned how to play that along with many other young mm-hmm. piano players. Yep. Uh, one that. Used to be a lot of uh, watch, uh, like digital Casio or Timex watches, the little alarm for Elise was one, <laughs> green sleeves for Elise. Those were yeah. some of the different uh, alarms that you could get on your watch. Wow, that's good memory. Back in the digital Back digital the day. watch day, yes. 1860, Thomas Jackson, who is also going to be known as Stonewall Jackson, ah. is assigned to command Harper's Ferry. Um, kind of sad end to him. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was, besides Robert E. Lee, um, he was, I would almost put him at the same level as Robert E. Lee as far as a general goes, but, um, but he was out, um, taking a walk and the men thought he was a spy or an intruder and they shot him yep. and he died within a few days later. Um, so I think maybe he was sad. out praying. Yeah, he could have been, he could have been very well doing that. 1877 Rutherford behaves, removes federal troops from LA uh, reconstruction ends. Um, I don't know what was going on out there. It is making this a little bit difficult to read these these things with the first letters of all the lines. Give cut us out, but your best two remaining. Uh, yeah, we got to go. We got to go to break. Normally, I'm at the beginning of the hour. But, well, you know, um, we like to mix it up around here. Sure, sure. We I'm gave extra time to Nutella and oh, less that's time true. to this day in history. That's true. Um, totally worth it, by the way. 1959, Mao Zedong resigns as chairman of the PRC. People's Republic of China is what that stands for after the disastrous failure of the Great Leap Forward. Um, I would need to do a little bit more research to know exactly what all that was included in there. Mm-hmm. But then the last thing, and I'll do my best to make it the most recent, um, but uh, let's see. Wow. Everything is always so sad when I get <laughs> to the nearest thing. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Um, it's yeah. only bad news. 2002, the, the last successful telemetry from the NASA space probe yep. Pioneer 10, yep. um, which meant it probably was too far, yep. too far away. It's out. It's out. Gone. Oh, yep. Forever. Yep. All right. Well, not necessarily sad. There were no people on it. No, there wasn't. It's just a toaster floating around in space now. Just a toaster. So, Well, Lawrence, thanks for uh, giving us this day in history, and uh, have a great weekend, by the way. And uh, enjoy, you know, maybe you and Lindsay can have a little talk about colors as well. And uh, listeners, maybe that'll be the topic for you as you uh, talk about what's your favorite color of taupe and tan. And I'm going to take a break for the news, SRN News. Stick around for a second hour of Live Till 5. It's KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Be back after the news.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5, our second hour of this Friday, April 27th, episode 262. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radios. This is KHMG 88.1 FM. If you're listening on the radio dial, you can also tune in through our website, khmg.org, khmg.org. Click on the listen button there. Or download one of the apps you can listen on your smartphone, your tablet, your computer. A lot of different ways to listen to our live stream. You can also download the podcasts for our programs through khmg.org. Let us know you're listening through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. we love to hear from you. We get notes every week, seems like. A little note of encouragement here or there. Someone that's listening, someone that likes something we said, uh, someone that's trying to ask about something, a follow-up maybe to one of the programs we've broadcast. We've had theological questions come through our Facebook page, all kinds of things. We'd love to hear from you. So if you'd follow us, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and let us know uh, what you think about the show and other things we do here. There are a lot of resources available through our website, khmg.org. Uh, a lot of sermons that we have in our library there that you can download as resources. You can look them up by topic, passage, speaker, and I think you really enjoy that. So check it out and uh, start using that as a resource for yourself. Speaking of resources, one of our listeners, Helen, gave me this book a while back, Accidents May Happen, 50 Inventions Discovered by Mistake by Charlotte Foltz Jones. And I had just at the time finished up our book on idioms, which PC had provided to me, and I used that for almost two years. And so I call this section of the show, this little segment called Happy Little Accidents. And this week's Happy Little Accident is inoculations. Louis Pasteur was one of the most brilliant chemists of the 19th century. In 1880, he helped the French chicken industry battle chicken cholera. It was a terrible disease. Chickens that contracted it soon had drooping wings, feathers standing on end, and tottery legs, whatever that means. A chicken would stagger around until it collapsed, flutter its wings, and die. Pasteur grew the organism that caused the cholera and stored the germs in bottles. One day he fed some of the germs back to a few chickens. He expected them to get sick and die. The chickens acted a little sickly at first for a while, but then they recovered. The germs had been growing for about six weeks, and Pasteur figured uh, they must be stale. So he fed a fresh crop of the germs to the same birds. Nothing happened. Pasteur fed some of the same fresh crop of germs to a different set of chickens. All of those birds got sick and died, as he had expected. Pasteur discovered by accident the old crop of germs had somehow changed. They no longer caused serious disease, and they protected the chickens from getting the disease later. Even when the chickens were exposed to fresh germs, Pasteur quickly realized that the same thing would happen with bacteria affecting humans. And in 1881, he developed the anti-cholera vaccine. Very interesting, right? Well, here's a couple of facts. Bacteriologists, people who study germs, call the process by which germs change so that they no longer cause serious disease attenuation. And then in 1885, Louis Pasteur discovered the rabies vaccine. Funny story. We know someone who's trying to get a rabies vaccine. And because Guam is a rabies-free place, there's no rabies vaccines apparently available on the island of Guam. So if you go somewhere else and get exposed, you might not be able to get the rabies vaccine just because it's just not easily, readily available here on Guam. 
Very interesting. A couple of stranger than fiction stories here, and we'll take a, an early break. Someone gave me this article. BL gave me this article a couple weeks ago. Maybe you saw it. Fox News. Florida supermom of 16 homeschool kids shuttles them to 88 sports practices weekly. I fully understand we have chosen to do life differently than most, but it works for us. We wouldn't have it any other way, she said. Meet the supermom with 16 children who still squeezes in time for herself thanks to a strict chore schedule which sees her kids do the cooking and laundry. Charity founder uh, Charity founder Lyette Reback, 44, has 10 daughters and 6 sons between the ages of 2 and 22 with her husband of 24 years, estate agent David Reback, 49. She gave ba- birth to her first baby, Daily K, at 21 and has since had 11 more biological children, including the latest addition, Vaughn, who is 2, as well as adopting 4 others. Uh, Lyette and David Reback are the proud parents of 16 children, 12 that Lyette had biologically, 4 that the couple adopted. The girls, Riley, 20, Bliss, 19, Kemper, 17, Glory, 15, Trinity, 13, Liberty, 11, Sojourner, 8, Victory, 6, Verity, 4, and boys, Curson, 12, Judson, 10, Shepherd, 10, Ransom, 8, and Stone, 5. You know what? It would be awesome. I mean, that's one of the cool privileges of having a large family is you get to pick cool names like Stone and Corson and Victory and Sojourner and Glory. Wow, that's cool. It means Layette has spent 10 years of her life pregnant, gaining and shedding 600 pounds in baby weight and going through labor without a single C-section a dozen times. Uh, they're human beings, not robots, and it isn't always perfect or pretty, but it, in fact, it's the same whether you have two kids or 20 kids. Amazingly, Lyette is a communications graduate who studied at a top all-girls school, even homeschools her brood, and ferries them to 88 different sports practices a week. And the supermom, who has written a book about parenting, still finds time to work out and go for dinner with friends thanks to strict chores schedule. They live in North Palm Beach, Florida. It's an interesting article. You should look them up. The title of the article that I saw on Fox News Online was Florida Supermom of 16 Homeschool Kids Shuttles Them to 88 Sports Practices Weekly. Uh, here's another interesting family story from Dorking, England. With a sliding dive worthy of a rugby try, Chris Hepworth flung himself and his partner over the finish line to become the UK wife-carrying champion and now has his eye on the world title. So basically, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this, in, in Europe, uh, they have this, this athletic challenge for couples. It's a sport that's open to any adult couple, married or not, with the wife uh, has to weigh at least 110 pounds, and basically the runner has to carry the 110-pound wife on their shoulders um, through all kinds of obstacles and crazy things like that. And the... Course record is 1 minute 37 seconds. Hepworth and his partner, Tanisha Prince, from London, plan to take up the chance for competing for the World Finals in Finland. Very interesting. It's kind of a funny thing to watch. It looks painful, though. Like, if you fall down, someone's going to get hurt. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Japanese vending machines. I'm going to Japan in about a week and a half. And so I actually won't be here two shows from now, so I'll get someone to sub for me. But Japanese vending machines are world famous because you can get anything from a Japanese vending machine. First off, a few interesting facts about Japanese vending machines. According to Coca-Cola, there are nearly 4 million vending machines in Japan. 
And uh, actually, the Japanese Tourism Board says there's 5.5 million. But the country with the most vending machines is actually the United States, where we have almost 7 million. Vending machines selling prepackaged snacks like chips, chocolate bars, and cookies are rare. More than half of the vending machines in Japan sell drinks, often both hot and cold drinks. If you've ever had one of those hot Georgia teas, ooh, man, really good. The black gold, really tasty. Um, Out on the street, some vending machines sell cigarettes just like you would find in a convenience store. Not just anyone can walk up and buy them, however. A special age verified ID card called a TASPO is required. Otherwise, the machine won't operate. Uh, Let's see. Their very first vending machine was created in 1888, and it also sold cigarettes. Uh, Some local farmers are turning to technology to get their produce to consumers. Vending machines selling farm-fresh eggs and fruits and vegetables are popping up. They're more common outside the big cities. In places like Tokyo, large grocery corporations like Dole sell their ready-to-eat fruits instead. Uh, You can buy liquor through vending machines there. There is vending machine etiquette. The appropriate trash receptacle accompanies virtually all vending machines. This is not just because companies want to be environmentally responsible. It's probably considered old-fashioned, but many people still like to finish their drinks at the machine rather than walk down the street with them. This is especially true on the subway platform, since drinking isn't permitted on the trains. Uh, Let's see here. The contents of vending machine can run from very practical, mundane things like batteries and books and things like that to all kinds of other things that you might need. Diapers and stuff like that. Disaster relief. Thousands of Japanese vending machines are programmed to provide free refreshments during times of emergency, such as major earthquakes or tsunamis. They contain backup batteries or generators so that they can continue to operate even during a power outage. Doesn't mean they're free. It just means that they just keep going. So a lot of different things you can get from Japanese vending machines. I'm looking to try some of that out. And I think that's it for the Stranger Than Fiction stories for today. What we're going to do, I think we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Sebastian's going to be here with the news, stepping in for Chris Harper, all-around good guy who's kind of sick right now. So Sebastian's going to help us out today. Stick around for another, I don't know, 46 minutes of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, episode 262 on this Friday, April 27th. If you're listening live You might be listening to the rebroadcast on Saturday from noon to 2 or Sunday night from 7 to 9 p.m. when we rebroadcast all two hours of the show in its entirety. So whether you're listening live or to the rebroadcast, we're glad you're with us. Stick around for more Live Till 5 after this break. Back with a little more live till five. Joined in studio by Sebastian, who's here first hour with us. Been been carrying the load of the radio ministry this week with Chris out and uh, Sebastian covering, doing a yeoman's job. That's what we I've heard people say. I don't know if I've ever said yeoman's job. That's a naval term, and I'm an Air Force guy. But 
you know, doing a yeoman's job, carrying the bulk. And so he is going to cover for Chris Harper, station manager, all-around good guy, for the news. So you're now the news anchor as well as the verse of the day guy and the weather guy. I am the news anchor. Yes. And you can rely on me for valuable information. That is so convincing. I'm sure people are turning the dial up right now. So tell us what's happening in the news. Well, uh, some headlines I, I came across. The is Israel's rescue service says nine teenagers have died in flash floods while hiking south of the Dead Sea. And uh, these were is Israeli army recruits. So, uh, yeah. Flash floods, relatable. We have some flooding, flooding yeah. happens here. No, we yep. got hit by some rain last night. Um, next, I have the Amazon. Amazon, the web company, uh, surprises Wall Street with huge profits and giving an optimistic outlook. Their march in retail and cloud computing showed no sign of slowing down on Thursday, as the company reported a surge in first quarter profits. So Amazon's doing pretty well. Um, and also, uh, another side note about Amazon, they announced that uh, they'll be having an increase in price for their annual Prime memberships. Really? So hmm. if you have that, I it's do. going from 99 to 119 Oh. So a 20-buck hike. So oh, if, boy. if you haven't renewed yet... Um, renew while it's uh, 99 Renew while... Yeah, and then once it hits, I think, June... Uh, for renewing members, it'll start going, getting that 119 price tag. Oh, so. boy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have Prime. So it doesn't really mean much to me, I guess. So North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is set to cross his country's heavily militarized border with South Korea on Friday for the first intra-Korea summit. Yeah, I think he just did decade. it this afternoon. Yeah. The guys were watching it in the other room. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did it. I think he's... I know they've met. I don't know unless he hasn't crossed the border yet. I believe they had... I didn't get to catch the latest report, but I believe wow. he has crossed the border. Awesome. Yeah, and it's to ease tensions over the North's nuclear weapons program. And this, the summit will with, with uh, the president in South Korea, it will set the stage for Kim to meet with... Um, Donald Trump in late May or early June. Um, and this will be an unprecedented first encounter between sitting leaders of the two countries. So uh, kind of just random around the world, you know, uh, news stories. But uh, B- Bavaria expands compulsory crosses. So uh, the Bavaria's conservative government is ordering Christian crosses to be placed at the entrance of all state administrative buildings. Hmm. The regional government says the crosses shouldn't be seen as religious symbols, but are meant to reflect the southern German state's cultural identity and Christian Western influence. Hmm. German, yeah, German news agency DPA reports the decree won't affect municipal and federal government buildings in Bavaria. Crosses are already completely compulsory in public schools and courtrooms in Bavaria. Hmm. So that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and then kind of last thing on the list here I have is the uh, father of gravely ill UK child Alfie Evans seeks hospital truce. I've seen a lot of stuff on Facebook yep. about, about that. And um, yeah, the father is uh, of the 23 month year old boy. Uh, whose plight has drawn international attention. 
said on Thursday he wanted to build bridges with staff at the British hospital. He has been battling in the courts over his son's treatment. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like we had a similar situation to this a couple... It did. It uh, did. They've had a couple of things like this. The Terry Schiavo case was really a big deal, and actually the we used to carry up... There used to be a program, the Legal Alert, yeah. um, which... Uh, David Gibbs the third, I believe, was one of the attorneys that represented Terry Schiavo's case. And so, yeah, it's sad. Um, I'm sure it's a complicated issue, but it's sad when, you know, someone's life is not being protected. Yeah. So, And this yeah. was, at, well, from what I remember, too, it was like there was a similar situation where, like, the the person could go out of country to seek help, but they were denying them yeah. the ability to do so. Yeah. So. It's, it's an unusual Unusual situation, sad sign of the times. Hey, thanks for sharing the news. Let me run some stats by you, Sebastian, since today's theme is radio. Yeah. These are radio facts and figures figures uh, from the newsgeneration.com website. Radio is the leading reach platform. 93% of people lit in America listen to AM, FM radio over the airwaves, which is higher than TV viewership, which is only 88%. Uh, computer use, which is 50%, smartphones, 83%, and tablet use, 37%. So radio, even if it's only for a few minutes a day, more people listen to radio than use their smartphones. According to this, more than 243 million American adults listen to radio each month. Audiences are becoming more diverse, with more than 44 million Hispanic listeners to more than 34 million black listeners a month. Top formats. What do you think the top radio format is, secular format out there? Top format. Yeah. Like uh, rock, rap, uh, R&B, uh, news, gospel, country, western. I mean, what, what do you think would be the most uh, Latino, <laughs> jazz, I'd have to public? Say, I mean, like pop? I don't know. Cause Actually, country. Country. Is the number one format of radio right uh. now. Number two, news talk, commercial, and non-commercial combined. So there's some stations like that where they have... No commercials or, you know, non-profit. Yeah. And um, millennials, those born between 1980 and 1996, more than 71.6 million millennials use radio each month. 95% of millennials are reached monthly by radio. Gen X, those born between 65 and 79. That's my generation. I'm right in the middle of that. <laughs> Nearly 80.5 million Gen Xers use the radio each month. 97% of Gen X is reached monthly by radio. Boomers. Be my parents, 1950 to 1964. That's more than 41 million boomers listen to the radio each month. 98% are reached through radio. Hispanics, 12 years and older. More than 44.6 million Hispanics use radio each month. 96% of all Hispanics use it. African Americans, 12 and older. 34.5 million African American listeners to radio. 97% use it each month in America. According to the Pew Research Center, Center traditional radio, AM and FM, continues to reach the overwhelming majority of the American public audio as a platform, and it's stronger than ever as more and more ways to listen continue to emerge. So news talk and information stations are one of the most popular broadcast radio formats with 9.6% share of listeners among the 12 years old and up demographic in 2017. That's second only to pop contemporary hit radio, 8.1%. Online radio listenership, uh, in cars has drastically increased to 40% of U.S. cell phone owners listening in 2017. So a lot of people will listen to a radio stream, like a lot of people listen through our website. Yeah. So they're listening to a radio 
but they're listening through uh, online stream. Yeah, I was wondering if that was including like, you know, I know Spotify and them have like a Spotify. You, you start a, a radio stream right. based off of a certain right song, so it's not. I'm not sure what qualifies as a radio stream. Does it have to correspond to a radio station? Is it a... So that's, you know, obviously it's just kind of some general numbers. But uh, radio is still a big deal and still a uh, very useful format. We use it a lot, obviously, here as part of our ministry. But here on Guam, it's something that it's everywhere. It's really a blessing to be able to have access to it. So the rest of the show, I'm going to be talking about radio, including some of the founders of radio, some of the longest lasting broadcasts, some of the most uh, historic radio broadcasts, and the longest running radio drama on the air still today, which we happen to carry on our yep. radio station. So oh, I'm going to talk about is. that. I know it is. I ain't spoil it. Yeah, don't, don't be a spoiler <laughs> now. Don't be a spoiler. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about all the rest of the radio facts, which is our theme. So Sebastian, thanks for your help today. You're welcome. All right. Have a great weekend, listeners. Stick around. We still got a little more live till five, including talking about radio. So, more after this short break. with a little more live till 5 episode 262 on this Friday April 27th 4.35 p.m. here at the studios of KHMG talking about radio today seems ironic right a radio show about radio talking over the radio and you're listening to the radio hey have you ever heard of the Marconi Radio Awards probably something we're not going to be nominated for anytime soon but the National Association of Broadcasters Radio Awards. It's the Marconi Radio Awards, established in 1989 and named after the inventor and Nobel Prize winner, uh, Guillermo Marconi. These prestigious awards recognize stations and individuals for their excellence and performance in radio. And uh, so you'll hear, like, big-name broadcasters, they might announce at the beginning that they're Marconi Award winners or Marconi Award recipients. And it might even be on their resumes or their websites. But who is Marconi? He did not invent the the craft uh, dinner product that has cheese in it. That's macaroni. Marconi. Uh, it's actually, I pronounced his name wrong earlier, but it's G-U-G-L-I-E-L-M-O. So it's Guglielmo. Guglielmo Marconi. Yeah. Mr. Marconi. Uh, let's see here. Through his experiments in wireless telegraphy, Nobel Prize winning physicist and inventor, 
Marconi developed the first effective system of radio communication. Born in Bologna, Italy in 1874, Marconi was a Nobel Prize-winning physicist and inventor credited with the groundbreaking work necessary for all future radio technology. Through his experiments in wireless telegraphy, Marconi developed the first effective system of radio communication. In 1899, he founded the Marconi Telegraph Company. In 1901, he successfully sent wireless signals across the Atlantic Ocean, disproving the dominant belief of Earth's curvature affecting transmission. Marconi shared with Carl Braun the 1909 Nobel Prize in Physics. He died in Rome in 1937. In his later years, Marconi continued to experiment with radio technology in his native Italy until his death on July 20, 1937. 1943, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that some of his patents' source of discovery was questionable and as a result, restored some prior patents to other scientists, including Oliver Lodge and Nikola Tesla, predated some of his findings. The court's decision had no effect on Marconi's claim that he was the first to produce radio transmissions. He just couldn't claim credit for their work. And so, really interesting, Marconi. So, if you hear a radio broadcast that's been nominated for a Marconi Award or received a Marconi Award, that means that they are... Highly esteemed amongst their peers of radio professionals. I was looking up what are the biggest radio moments. And these are the top 10 historic radio broadcasts from uh, history.com. Number one, the Hindenburg disaster. And this was uh, 1937. The hydrogen blimp or Zeppelin blew up. And you can listen to some of the audio still today from that. It's pretty amazing. Number two, The War of the Worlds. You wouldn't think that a fictional radio drama would have such a huge impact, but directed by Orson Welles, the broadcast was an adaptation of H.G. Wells' classic novel, The War of the Worlds, performed as a Halloween special, October 30th, 1938. The live 60-minute broadcast presented mostly as a series of news bulletins frightened many listeners into believing that an actual Martian invasion was in progress. There was a public outcry against the episode, but it launched Wells's Wells to great fame. Number three, Einstein's E equals MC squared broadcast. Four, Winston Churchill, We Shall Fight on the Beaches. Uh, let's see here. That was that was one of the top broadcasts of all time. Number five, Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream. Number six, Adolf Hitler's de- Declaration of War. Number seven, Gandhi's Soldier of Peace speech. Number eight, John F. Kennedy's Cuban Missile Crisis. Number nine, Lord Ha Ha, Off the Air. So if you ever read or watch any old wartime movies about uh, the U.K., Lord Haha was a fascist politician who worked for the Nazis during the war and a propagandist. He distinct, his distinctly posh English accent is the cause of him receiving his mocking nickname. And basically, he eventually went off the air. Number 10, Sylvia Plath's Daddy broadcast. And it was basically, this is a very interesting one. Born in 1932, Sylvia Plath, one of the greatest female American writers of all time. In this recording, she reads the most famous poem, Daddy. Eerily, within a month of reading, she had committed suicide. Her life was racked with depression and attempts to kill herself. And basically, um, uh, Plath had been married to Ted Hughes, and uh, who was the, Brit- the UK Poet Laureate. And uh, her broadcast, one of her last broadcasts, is very, very famous. So those are the top ten most historic radio broadcasts. But 
as I said, I love having listener-submitted content. And I have a listener. He's an occasional listener. He's not a wall-to-wall listener. He's not like Don Eckert, like in the fan club. But he is a fan at arm's length. And this listener, Marty, gave me an idea to make sure that I mentioned his greatest, the, the, the man he thinks was the greatest radio personality of all time. And I have to agree, he's right up there. The guy's name, Paul Harvey, 1918 to 2009. American radio commentator Paul Harvey delivered conservative broadcasts on current events, reaching at his peak 24 million people daily. His career started in Chicago radio station WENR with Paul Harvey News and Comment, quickly gained national syndication. Although he was friendly with many prominent figures on the American right, he was adamant about retaining his own ideological core. So Paul Harvey, originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma, died in Phoenix, Arizona at the end of his life there. Uh, booming, crystal clear voice that greeted the listeners of the radio for six decades. Radio broadcaster Paul Harvey was the voice of radio's golden era, a friendly voice that people listened to with great admiration. His name became synonymous with radio broadcasting of his time, equally famous for his way of delivering the news as he was for presenting commercials. He was a favorite of not just the masses, but also the various companies whose products he endorsed on the radio. His radio programs were heard by more than 24 million people a week, such was the enormity of his popularity. Known for his crisp voice and distinctive style of speaking, he is considered the godfather of radio broadcasting. He was a very active, hardworking man who got up before dawn to start working. His dedication and passion towards his profession did not wane. Even when he reached his 80s, he was conservative and his talks reflected his right-wing political views. But what made him different from other broadcasters was the simple language he used and the tales he told of the average American lifestyle that made people connect with him. There was a folksy element to his style, and that's why he was one of America's most loved radio broadcasters. He started in radio at just the age of 19. And... Uh, He went to Hawaii as a reporter to cover the U.S. Navy's activities as it concentrated its fleet in the Pacific during this time the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. So he was actually there. He enlisted in the U.S. Army Air Corps in the aftermath of Pearl Harbor, but served only a very short time, basically from December 1943 to March 1944, when he was discharged. The reason being discharged is not clear. And basically, he just had a, a major, major impact. And the biggest thing that most people would recognize is the Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, which it started as part of his newscast before premiering on its, as its own series. The series was popular. It ran all the way until he died at the age of 90. He won the Horatio Alger Award, 1983, bestowed upon outstanding Americans for their dedication, purpose, and perseverance in their personal lives. He was also awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, Highest civilian honor by President George W. Bush in 2005. And he was just, he was a great guy. People love Paul Harvey. And we used to carry his program. As long as it was on the air, uh, we had it here on KHMG. And it was so much fun to listen to. When I was a kid, riding in the carpool with other people to get to Eagle Heights Christian School, we would listen to Paul Harvey. It was always played during drive time, morning and afternoon. And we enjoyed having that program here. And, of course, it was sad for him to pass on. They memorialized some of his sayings in some books and things like that. 
he did a couple poems during his programs that became very, very famous. They used one of his poems about the farmer recently in a truck commercial or something during the Super Bowl a few years ago. But his his way of describing the life and the sacrifice of farmers really endeared him to every American. So Paul Harvey was great. Now, uh, I want to take a minute to talk about the longest-running radio program. Uh, but before I do, we're going to take a short break. And basically, when we come back, we'll talk about the longest-running radio broadcast. And we have it right here on KHMG. So stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, Live Till 5, Episode 262, April 27th. A little more Live Till 5 after this short break. Back to Live Till 5. This is Jared Baldwin, your host. It's 4.49 p.m. on this Friday, April 27th. Glad to have you with us. All around good guy and station manager Chris Harper, even from his sickbed, is listening at home. And he mentioned how, as I was reading through the top 10 most historic radio broadcasts, how the Hindenburg was number one. Fun fact for you. Our software, audio editing software, is called Hindenburg. Named after that historic event. So, there you go. Thanks for listening, Chris. I I don't know what it's like to be at home listening as we're doing all this, but we'll try not to draw attention that you're not here. Okay, that's what we'll do. Hey, uh, one of the longest-running radio programs, Unshackled. You can hear it here on KHMG every day, multiple times a day, including they even have a short version of uh, Unshackled that we play throughout the day, little little one-minute, uh, two-minute clip of someone's life story. And Unshackled, I guess that's not a word we use every day, but to shackle something means to chain something or to bind something or almost like the way handcuffs, they're a type of shackles. So if you're going to unshackle, it'd be like uncuffing or unlocking a chain with a with a padlock on it. So that's the imagery that uh, is intended for Unshackle. So this is from the Unshackle website today. Real people, real life stories, stirring dramatic accounts of hopelessness and the hope that changes everything. Unshackled, the award-winning radio drama of the Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago, grips the heart with compelling and relevant stories of transformed lives. Without Jesus Christ, we are all shackled by sin by our wrong choices, disobedience, and selfish motives. But God is at work. And when the power of Christ sets us free from our bondage, we are unshackled. Our little two-minute broadcast is called Free Indeed. Here's a little history 
You should go to their website, by the way. It's really cool. It's got a lot of old pictures of kind of how they started. The Unshackled Radio program was begun under the new leadership of Pastor Superintendent, uh, under the leadership of Pastor Superintendent Harry Solanier. And if you ever listen to the classic Unshackled broadcast, you would hear him mentioned often. Harry yearned to reach the masses for Christ and earnestly prayed about the possibility of a radio program. For a short time, Harry had a 15-minute program entitled Doorway to Heaven on station WAIT in 1945. On this program, Harry often related the true stories of individuals who had been saved at Pacific Garden Mission. This opportunity fueled Harry's desire to continue to share the testimonies of changed lives using the popular radio drama format of the day. Thus, in 1950, the first recording session was scheduled. The first script was written by John Gillies, who worked for WMBI in Chicago. Clear Channel radio giant WGN agreed to air the program. We just learned what Clear Channel meant today. It means, means that they're the only station on that frequency for 1,000 miles. Taking steps forward, the first program was about Billy Sunday, the famous Chicago baseball player turned evangelist. Following the success of the first program, Gillies passed the directing and writing duties to Eugenia Price, a successful and established radio writer. With her dedication to quality, the program progressed with a style that was highly esteemed in both secular and religious radio circles. Not only did the quality of the program exceed expectation, but its audience was continuing to grow as well. Lives of listeners through the years have been dramatically changed. One of those people was Jack O'Dell, a professed agnostic and a struggling alcoholic whose drinking habit had nearly destroyed his promising radio career. In 1953, Jeannie Price hired Jack to play the role of an unshackled program. After the recording session, Jack began thinking about his, this, God that can change lives. As he reflected on his own life, he recognized his sin and came before God in repentance. Jack himself was unshackled. That's pretty amazing. I did not know that. In 1955, Jeannie Price felt God leading her in a new direction, so Jack O'Dell assumed leadership of the program. He served as director, writer, and announcer for almost four decades. Just prior to Jack's death in 1991, Bob O'Dell, a longtime unshackled actor who's close, who was a close friend of Jack, took the reins as director and announcer. By that time, uh, Kenitha Gabler began writing for Unshackled, producing over 700 scripts. In 2007, they moved to their new facility, and Bob announced his retirement December 15th. At that time, Flossie McNeil stepped in and diligently served as ministry director of Unshackled till June of 2016, when Timothy Gregory assumed leadership of the program, where he also serves as an announcer and director. Today, Unshackled is still produced very much as it has always been. The original music by Don Badorf and Scott Griffin is still woven through the story live at the time of production. Unshackled is heard in over 3,000 radio outlets in 148 countries on six continents, 15 languages, which are English, Spanish, Arabic, Romanian, Russian, Polish, Korean, Japanese, Portuguese, Greek, Macedonian, Albanian, Mandarin, Farsi, and Turkish. More than 15,000 times a week, these testimonies of changed lives are heard around the globe as well as on the internet through www.unshackled.org. And you can literally go, for example, my parents' story was shared on Unshackled, and you can look up Joe and Marla Baldwin, Unshackled, and you can download their story. And there are so many great stories on there about every possible topic. Some of them are really grown up, difficult stories. Some of them are a little more kind of happy stories. Some of them 
our international stories, mission field stories. Some of them happened 50 years ago. Some of them happened two years ago. Really just a wonderful program. And we're privileged to be still sharing the Unshackled program and the free Indeed little mini program throughout the day. So we hope that you tune into that and uh, uh, use that as a resource in your life. Now, let me give you as we finish up the World Watch List 2018, 50 countries where it's most dangerous to follow Jesus, countries number eight and nine. Number eight, no surprise, Iraq. Islamic oppression is the source of persecution. 38.6 million people, 258,000 of them are Christians. The violence there, 68% rating, so that's as high, but it's not as high as others. But church life, national life, community life, family life, and private life are all in some of the highest numbers of danger. So violence is a little less, but still up there. Iraq's number eight. And number nine, Yemen. Yemen, Islamic oppression there as well. 28 million people, only a few Christians in the whole country, a few thousand at the most, and it's unspecified. The government's going through a lot of changes, and there's not a lot of violence against Christians, only 15.5% rating on their scale. But there is almost no church life, national life as a Christian, community life, family life, or private life as a Christian in the country of Yemen. So there's basically no churches and no outward Christians. So there's not as much physical violence because everyone is either so deep undercover that no one knows they're Christian or they're just are not Christians in the country of Yemen. Very sad. That's countries eight and nine, Iraq and Yemen. We're so blessed with freedom here. Uh, whether it's Christian radio, whether it's opportunities to uh, meet publicly and just celebrate our belief in Christ with other Christians, I would encourage you when you approach your Sunday morning, find a Bible-based church that's going to preach God's word, where they're going to just encourage you and love you and, and get you to live for Christ. And we encourage you, if you don't have a place to go, if you don't have a church home, please feel free to visit Harvest Baptist Church. Last week, I had a good question from someone that was listening. Um, uh, sometimes I'll say, hey, if you're part of a Bible-based church, make sure you're faithful there. I wasn't trying to say, don't visit Harvest Baptist Church. I just say that as a courtesy because I don't want any other Bible-preaching church to ever think I'm trying to recruit their church members away to join our church. God places each believer in a group of disciples for a reason. So our doors are always open, but we are not trying to recruit away from other Bible-preaching churches. So everyone's welcome anytime. If you're a member of another church, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you can come here anytime the doors are open and you can participate and enjoy and meet us and we'd love to have you. I just don't want you to ever think that we're using the radio program as a tool for recruiting people away from their home churches where God's already called them. So just want to clear it up. And thank you uh, to the listener who asked that question because I want to make sure everyone always feels welcome. Sometimes we're having something in our church, maybe in the evening, where someone else might be going to church in the morning, but they might not have something to do in the evening. Or we might be having some special meetings or something like that or a special speaker. So everyone is always welcome at Harvest Baptist Church. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to have you join our church. 
uh, we want you to come and hear God's word and worship with us. If you have a church home and you're a member there and you believe it's a Bible preaching church, be faithful there first and be part of what's going on there. God will use you. He will use you to be a blessing to others. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Episode 262 on this Friday, April 27th. Have a great weekend.